get it. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. Oh my gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. You probably have the worst record in the history of broadcasting. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he... Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. C.C. York. A. Dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound. And today on a Tuesday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. The five horses of the dumpocalypse. Five horses of the dumb apocalypse. The uh, preview of the debate tonight. You know, I was torn. I was thinking of Dr. Drew Pinsky. We did an extra large podcast to him. We'll be playing uh, with him. We'll be playing highlights discussing the homeless slash bums and junkies problem. Uh, could go with coronavirus fears. Could go with the debate tonight. There's a lot happening in the world. And that's all part of the dumb apocalypse, as yes. you call it? Yes. Seems dismissive. It is. Well, did you, did you listen to the rhetoric? It's nobody's addressing the truth. That's ridiculous. You got the Harvey Weinstein <laughs> verdict. Yep. The big one. You've got Bernie's praise of Fidel Castro, which still is resonating in all public uh, circles. I'm hearing uh, voices uh, da, in my da, head. Da, 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 da. Hmm. Um, uh, right and left, people are bothered by Bernie's praise of Fidel Castro. We can talk yes. more about that later. Yes, on how that might play. Um, and speaking of uh, evil dictators, Mubarak of Egypt died at the age of ninety-one. Now he got booted out. What ten years ago? How long ago was the Arab Spring? Uh, Probably longer than I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's I'm how it works when you get old. But uh, he uh, lived to be 91, as we're always talking about. Evil dictators live to be very, very old. They don't get cancer. They don't have heart attacks. They don't get hit by buses. Keeps you young. None of the tragic accidents that happen to people we love happen to evil dictators. Dictating must be like cardiovascular exercise. This is good for you. Apparently. I loved uh, NPR this morning uh, characterized it as he served as president from 1981 why to do, Why do people go with that language? Yeah, I know. Served as president. <laughs> why do people do that? Just because he said it. Mm. Yes, I'm serving as president. Oh, all right then. If I start saying I'm king of something, do they, do they just go ahead and go along with that? Does everybody just report it that way? You got a fancy hat? Crown? I don't know. <laughs> fancy hat? It's good to have a fancy hat. You got a throne? Was he in jail, Mubarak? I don't know if he was when he croaked it. He did. I think he was probably under some sort of house arrest. But I don't know, actually. He had some operation the other day. Mm. Good riddance. Um, Told he, Egyptians. <laughs> among other things we can talk about, if you have a snoring problem in your household, it might be because your tongue is too fat. I think that's a fantastic story. We do have snoring issues in our household with a variety of human beings, sometimes yeah, myself. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. My tongue can't put on its jeans. Can't, <laughs> can't get them past its hips. You know they haven't. I didn't. I didn't know that this was not known. People have seemed to figure out that they snore more when they gain weight, and yeah. then if they lose, like you go on a diet, and then you stop snoring, and you realize, okay, so it's related to the weight somehow. Mm-hmm. But nobody knew exactly why. 
the gain in the weight made you store more, and they figured out it's because your tongue gets fatter along with the rest of you. Interesting. Yeah, I'd always heard just excessive tissue in the throat, the back of the throat, but no, it's the tongue. You got a big old fat tongue. Oh boy! Can you just fat? Do, can I? Can I? Since I have a snoring problem, you can. Can I just do plain old tongue workouts of some sort? Do I have to get my whole uh, body in shape? I just push against things heavy. Well, as you know, and anybody with uh, the least bit of sense knows, you can't lose weight from a specific body part. Well, this, these exercises target your belly fat is stupid. Yeah, it is Doesn't weird. Work. It's weird how you lose weight all over and you don't realize that that would even happen, including my... And you uh, gain weight all over and everybody's right. got their story. The first 10 pounds they gain goes straight to my blank. I uh, lost, what, down about 8 pounds doing the intermittent fasting thing or something? And um, <clears throat> my wedding ring just fell off my hand. mm at some point, and I lost it. Now, if your fat, fat bratwurst fingers <laughs> finally lost that <laughs> finger weight that you've been so sensitive about. Yeah, I had. I, I would have never guessed that I have fat fingers, but my wedding ring just fell off at some point, and I lost it. Boy, how happy would everybody be if you could, you know, designate? Maybe you fill out a form with the government or something. Yeah, when I uh, lose 10 pounds, I'd like you to come straight off my belly, please. Or me, I got chubby cheeks. I'd like to lose it off my face. And many women would perhaps choose the thigh or the buttocks. Maybe my love handles. Yeah, exactly. If you could only choose, but you can't. My love handles, which are exposed when I dunk a basketball. I sent a video to Hanson last night that he's, <laughs> oh. he's putting together. I'm hoping with music and a little narration. Just a, Photoshop that thing, would you? I got a slow motion video of me dunking a basketball on my new basketball oh, 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 goal. Can we get David Attenborough to narrate that or something? <laughs> or, or, or Jim Nance. <laughs> I, I was just going to post it to Twitter. I sent it to some friends, but I thought Hanson maybe can do something with it because he's got the, the Photoshop and skills. But I should have dressed differently. I was wearing the same thing I wore to work. Cowboy boots and jeans and your basketball uniform. My basketball uniform. But anyway, my shirt kind of rides up what my kids thought was hilarious. No. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's introduce everybody in the squad to kick off the show. There is a debate tonight and some polling out of South Carolina. I've got some behind the poll numbers that are pretty damned interesting if you haven't heard them. Which polls? All of them. Okay. Okay. There's um, a Michelangelo who presses our buttons, flips our toggles, and pulls our levers. Hi, this morning, Michael. Uh, pretty good. I, you know, I was watching NBA highlights, Jack, and I thought of you backing down your kids and, <laughs> and turning around, wearing goggles, and just dunking on them. You know, <laughs> on my new goal that I can lower down to seven foot six inches. Right. <laughs> but I'm picturing you wearing like you didn't have you know any goggles around, so you just grabbed some safety goggles, you know, for the chainsaw and put those on. And yeah. I need to wear athletic attire the next yeah. time I do that. Hey, I'm, I'm making a, a new leaf. I'm really trying to smile more and be happier. And, uh, You're say trying to good, smile more. Say, a, say good morning to people. Wow. I, I need to, you know, I'm just naturally quiet. I need to make more of an effort to be more social at times. So. Well, reaching out. That's reaching nice. out a little bit. What, what brought on that life decision? Well, I've been doing some, uh, like, reading and stuff as far as, you know, self-help. Just... You know, how, how what successful people do and stuff like that. Yeah, mm. what what sort of vibe are you projecting? Right. Yeah, okay, that's that's a reasonable thing to ask one. And I so. think sometimes I, I project a vibe that's maybe unfriendly or something, but I don't mean to, it just sort of right. happens. Well, you know, some of us have... The bitch face. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are they... Resting, you know, biatch face, we, yes. We came across one let's, the other day, you're though. You're too talented to work blue, Michael. <laughs> We came across one the other day that was more common among men than the RBF with women, but it's a similar sort of thing. Uh, yeah, hostile glowering face? Yeah, but th- th- I th- that's I I have that face. 
Yeah, yeah, yes. Even if I don't feel that way at all, <laughs> right, right. I don't feel that way at all. I'm in perfectly fine, good mood, and a nice day, just walking down the street. But I, apparently, I look very. Oh, angry. that guy's annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> they just don't even talk to him. Don't talk to him. Avoid eye contact. Yeah. yeah. There's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Uh, it was one of my favorite comedians' birthday yesterday. Uh, he has sadly passed due to drug overdoses. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, Mitch Hedberg. He would have been 52 oh, years old yesterday. Really. Uh, and yeah. it, just a, a delightful, unique uh, joke teller and writer. And uh, I, I grabbed a couple of uh, some of his silly things today. I, I particularly enjoy this one just because it, it fits my brand so well. This shirt is dry clean only, which means it's dirty. <laughs> he had a very beatnik style to his delivery. A couple of his comedy albums, he actually had the guitar strumming in the background just to kind of Sounded fill in like the gaps you. between his... He didn't have transitions. You just kind of had had one-liners here and there. like Plow uh, forward. Yeah, yeah. This shirt is dry clean only, which means it's dirty. Here's one about uh, it's, uh, good advice about following your dreams. People tell you that all the time. I'm glad, no, you, I'm no, I'm glad you interpreted the joke because it sounded like he might have been high on the drugs that killed him when he delivered. It was very all, almost slurry. Certain, almost certainly he was. Yeah. You know, I'm sick of following my dreams, man. I'm just going to ask where they're going and hook up with them later. <laughs> It's a good idea. <laughs> Funny. Don't do the drugs, kids. Right. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Tuesday, February 25th of the year 2020. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Here we go officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. The show begins at Mark. China is an authoritarian country, becoming more and more authoritarian. But can anyone deny, I mean, the facts are clear, that they have taken more people out of extreme poverty than any country in history? Uh, uh, um, uh, yes, I can deny that. I will deny that. You are a lunatic. That is one of those things that is true and completely misleading. We can talk more about that later. Oh, my God. I fear for the Republic. Along with the Fidel Castro stuff that has the people on MSNBC saying, I just can't get with him on that one. It's just, I don't know what he's talking about. (sighs) Yeah. <laughs> Scary. How does the mailbag look? Oh, it's outstanding! My gosh, we could do the entire show with the uh, the musings of the the fabulous ANG audience. Oh, fantastic! Oh yeah, good stuff. Wow, it's worth sticking around to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. I can listen to this song every day and never be tired of it. Then you. Um, yeah, there's a new poll out of South Carolina worth mentioning. We'll get to that coming up in a little bit. Basically, the behind the scenes of the poll, which are interesting. Where we're headed with this whole who's going to run against Trump thing. But whatever. All right. So when Dylan it's... first started, no one was like, sing a little better? <laughs> well, like when he, was, he first it... started, it was really in the, the strumming a guitar folk world. And that oaky accent uh, fit pretty well. Oh, okay. And then he had an album where he just decided to sing completely different for a while. Just And as it turns out, if you read his autobiography, he said, I just like to throw people for a loop. I got tired of trying to live up to expectations. So he was just willfully uh, uncooperative with, you know, what people wanted out. I respect that so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's strange. I paid to see him in concert one time, though, where he was clearly seeing how far he could push it in terms of not giving a crap. Well, yeah, and also... Denang. 
Well, Bam. that was it. I mean, he just did not care that I had spent $40 on a ticket. Well, he talks about that in his autobiography, too, the period of his career where he hated it and didn't want to be there. That's what I that's, saw him. Yeah, I bought, I bought a handful of tickets to those shows and thought, what, what's he trying to prove with this? Durr. Mailbag. Hey. Here's your freedom, love, and quote of the day. Ronald Reagan sent along by Ian Tiawanus, who's uh, digging into his favorite Reagan quotes this week. Socialism only works in two places. Heaven where they don't need it, and hell where they already have it. Oh, they got socialism in hell. But, K-E-S-P, keep enjoying stretchy pants, Ian. But, the devil has a high literacy rate. Oh, my God. Yeah, well played. Wanted to mention this, and, and I will touch on this note. From CJ. Just listen to the Extra Large podcast with Dr. Drew about the quote-unquote homeless and mental health issues. Great podcast. He's spot on with his assessment. I've worked in the mental health field since 1997. Uh, goes on and says, uh, you guys absolutely nailed it. That podcast is available at armstrongandgetty.com. We will be playing you highlights presently. Uh, let's see. Also at armstrongandgetty.com, a videotape, a deep fake of me, Joe Getty, uh, reciting and swearing an oath to the Soviet Union. It's not great. I know it. It's not, <laughs> it's not great, but it's good, uh, and it's amusing. How, how did they go about it? They grabbed words from you over the years? No, or? actually, no. It's not my voice. It's the voice okay. of the original speaker, but it's one of those. It's not like jib-jab, which is jokey. It's a, a pretty darn good uh, imposition of my face on the spa- face of the speaker. Um, eyes, nose, you know, and it, it, oh, there I am. That's actually a very old picture of me, though. I look like a an aging child. But there you have it. <laughs> wow, that is wild. Isn't that something? It looks like me with my hair slicked back yeah. in nineteen, you know, sixty one, swearing my allegiance to the uh, Soviet Union. Yeah, good. Yeah, I always had <laughs> Ber- a suspicion. Bernie approves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All this, uh, all this. Uh, Bellowing I do, exactly, about the Constitution and liberty and the rest of it. Just a cover-up from my being a Soviet agent. They had excellent chandeliers in the subway stations. Another uh, Bernieism about Moscow. Oh, for God's sake. I think he mentioned in the town hall last night. I don't remember. Uh, Then one more piece. What did you say, Hanson? I didn't understand that. You get people... Okay, all right, fine. Um, also at armstrongandgetty.com, this real estate listing, Jack, I, uh, this is for the amusement of everybody who does not live in the Bay Area of California. It is a three-bedroom, two-bath home for sale in Oakland, California for $800,000. Wow. 800000 Jack, take a look at that house. Would you like to describe it to the good folks using your uh, your oratory uh, gifts? Well, it's, uh, it's, it's got plywood over the windows. Yeah, it appears to it's be got a, a yard about uh, eight feet by four feet yard. I'm using my finger quotes. Here's a couple more shots. Wow. I would call it. It looks to be a a condemned shack. Yeah, it you, is, you're buying a tiny piece of dirt and a roof. And you can always tell if you're in a neighborhood where they got the metal doors in front of the wooden door that yeah. uh, it's a sketchy neighborhood. So uh, eight hundred and fifty thousand for that house. Eight hundred. It's crap. It's crap. It's crap. Who would buy that for eight hundred thousand dollars? Uh, shoot him seven fifty. See what happens. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it is insane. In most of the country, you could buy a hell of a place for that kind. Oh of Oh my gosh, yeah, acres and, and beautiful. Uh, yeah, you have your own lake, waterfalls, a mountain. 
Here's a nice note from Jared. Uh, guys, I love it how Jack asked how fast the spaceships can in Star Wars can go, and how do they go that fast? Please explain to Simple Jack how fiction works. <laughs> <laughs> Please also discuss how zambi- zombies and vampires are killed, how the X-Men got their superpowers, how Batman builds his gadgets, and how Bernie Sanders will pay for his programs. See what I did there? Best regards, Jared. <laughs> How fiction works. Snuck in a point at the end. Yeah, what a little political commentary. I believe that was sarcastic, and I don't appreciate it. Uh, Longtime fag, writes Andrew, friend of Armstrong and Getty. Um, I know you hate the I've been listening since I was conceived bit, so I'll spare you the reminder of the never-ending passage of time. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Like uh, I like Joe. I'm concerned about the future of the country. Um... I'd love to try to think about what the future is going to look like, not hundreds of years, but 15 years from now. Whether it's politics, technology, social order, or disorder, I'd love to hear what you guys think my four- and one-year-olds will be facing when they're 19 and 16. Civil war due to political divide, world war, EMP strike by Iran, socialist government, driverless cars, homes with batteries... Smoking hot, racially ambiguous population. What do you guys think? Uh, and then smoking hot, racially ambiguous population. Uh, a lot of that, yeah. I think that's pretty likely. Thanks for being the northern star for your listeners. Uh, hard to cut through the bull s these days. You know, I appreciate the assignment, Andrew, but I think it's impossible to predict that sort of thing since so often events are driven by witness the coronavirus. I mean, if it truly wrecks the stock market. It probably won't. I suspect it'll bounce back pretty quickly. But if it did, that would affect the results of the election, which would cause a chain of events. So it's really tough to to excel in the prediction business because you don't see everything coming. I have a guess, but it makes me realize how pessimistic I am because it's not positive. Um, uh, Yeah, how's South Carolina going to look this weekend in the bait tonight? I got a couple of nuggets for you. I'm innocent, I'm innocent. How could this happen in America? I'm innocent, I'm innocent. How could this happen in America? Harvey Weinstein's lawyer outside the courthouse after Harvey Weinstein was found guilty of a couple of things, not guilty of a couple of other things, but he is going to go to jail for a while. How could this happen in America? What, getting away with sexually assaulting dozens of women? Yeah, I'd like to know the same thing, Harvey. And so the verdict came down while we were on the air, and we were wondering, will he be let out until sentencing, like sometimes happens, or will he be kept around? I would think you got to keep a sexual predator in jail, and apparently the judge agreed. But so right after they said, no, 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 you're going straight over to jail, you're staying in jail till sentencing, all of a sudden, he clutches his chest, the 67-year-old rapist. Oh, no. And uh, and so they had to take him to uh, the infirmary, the, the hospital, in other words, which I assume he feels like he's going to get better treatment in yeah. the hospital than a jail cell. Absolutely, yeah. His lawyers had coached him to do that. It's funny. Nobody even considers the fact that he might have a heart attack. Nah. <laughs> oh, any any cop can uh, will tell you that a lot of suspects are hip to that. They know that that as soon as they got the cuffs on him, they claim a medical problem, so he'll take him to the hospital and not the jail. I mean, he is an old fat man who's gotten the worst news of his life. He's a little stressed, yeah. But uh, granted, I don't freaking care. So there's that. No, oh, um, listen to the lack of compassion, folks. So he's going to spend something between five and twenty five years in jail. Perhaps he's facing another trial in california where he'll hopefully get more time so hopefully the 67 year old fat rapist will uh will die in prison prosecutors say they're going to ask for the upper end 
And, and you know, again, the L.A. trial. Well, his age, anything double digits, and then you add in something from Los Angeles, and he'll never be out in his lifetime. Well, that's encouraging. Which is exciting. I you know, one of the more interesting aspects of it is listening to Cy Vance, the uh, district attorney in question there in uh, New York, saying, um, you know, because he chose not to charge Weinstein uh, several years ago when he actually had tape of Weinstein admitting to a sexual assault. And he said, listen... And got beat up a lot for that. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, He's saying, I think we've all learned more about the complexity of sexual assault cases and how people sometimes continue to have a relationship and, and, you know, how rape can happen even in a previously consensual relationship. And he says, we're just, we're all learning. Yeah, I don't blame him for that. I, I was in that category. If I had been a juror prior to the Me Too movement and hearing all these stories, you didn't tell your best friend you were raped, and then you went back to dating him, and you're sending him, uh, you know, you're calling him at night saying you love him. No way you were raped. It's I would have I would have thought that, and now still, I know that that's common. Right, right. It's still very difficult to comprehend if you've not been in that emotional space. Yeah, well, it's extremely difficult to comprehend. Yeah, the only reason I believe it is that we've seen multiple multiple examples of right. that happening. Yeah. So clearly, it's something that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I also did see. And this is just true of human nature, and uh, I think everybody would be better off if they realized it. Um, a bunch of the victims uh, feeling like it was a victims over the years, not just the people that were included in the trial, but the dozens and dozens of women across the country that the scumbag raped. Um, uh, a bittersweet moment, not getting the satisfaction they thought it would be. That That's what we all need to realize, and that's one of the problems with the death penalty is this belief that, now they got their justice and I'm going to be okay. It doesn't work that way. The bad thing that happened to you still happened to you, and it still sucks. Yeah. And, you know, you definitely want them to be punished for it, but it's not the relief that we all would like it to be. The word closure, a dumb word frequently used by the dumb. Um, a dumb word frequently used by the dumb. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes something like this, it, it, it helps healing, but, you know, the whole closure thing, you know, when somebody's they lose a loved one or whatever. The guy is uh, convicted, which will help bring closure to it. Well, all right, fine. Yeah. Dumb um, word used by the dumb. Well, I uh, I don't know what we all did as a group to deserve the punishment of another debate tonight, but apparently there is one. I hope that Sean and Joe enjoy it and uh, tell us about it tomorrow. Oh, I'm wait sure a I did minute. something cosmically to deserve <laughs> so this. We must oh, have yeah, done yeah. something There's as a, a nation. Yeah, please. I don't know if it's a penalty for slavery, or I don't know what we Previous we've done. life or so. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Hey, wait a minute. You know what, Sean? Uh, private moment here. Mr. This One's Gonna Be Great, for the last six months, finally is right last time, like mm-hmm. a clock that stopped twice a day, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and now he's, like, disavowing the debates or something? No, I think the bloodbath continues tonight. Oh, I think so, too. I just I don't know that I can take it. Even if it's good, I'm not sure I can take it. It's, I got 45 minutes in me. It's debate number 11? No, oh, I don't know. It's too many. I think many. 11. Way too many. And that'd be a total of, like, 30 hours of debates, most of which were completely pointless back when you had... Julian Castro on the stage and Kamala Harris and all these—all just stump speeches with an occasional question that nobody answers. Yeah, I, long exactly. debates about the minutiae of healthcare policies that'll never happen. I do have some interest in whether or not old billionaire Bloomberg, for his half billion dollars of his personal wealth, can, can get his act together at all. And and as I've heard Democratic strategists say, 
Not even you don't even need to get over to the Republican side of the aisle. Just Democratic strategists saying, has anybody got the cojones to actually challenge Bernie on the stage about some of this stuff? They're just going to say it in their uh, in their stump speeches, but on stage you're going to give the guy a pass. Why is that? Well, anyway, so we've got that to look forward to. Then you got the voting in South Carolina coming up this weekend. Joe Biden, in the latest poll out this morning, has a four-point lead, 27-23. It's within the margin of error. I said you're kidding me. (laughs) Here's the interesting part that I wouldn't have learned if I hadn't watched MSNBC. They got the the behind-the-number numbers. Half that poll was taken before the debate. Half the poll was taken after the debate. The half the poll before the debate, Biden had a 10-point lead. The half the poll after the debate, they were even. Oh boy. So that 10 shrunk to 4, and that's before the voting on Saturday, which I guarantee you made some people decide to go Bernie. Absolutely. Mm. It's just the way we like winners. Yeah. Um, it makes a difference. So yeah. Bernie wins South Carolina. Forget it. <laughs> uh, he lost the black vote to Hillary Clinton by 72 points, I think? Bernie did? Yeah. Oh, boy. It was like 90 to 15 or something. I mean, wow. it was just insane. Wow, the black folks love Hillary. And he's losing by... What's not to love? He's losing by, I think, 15 to Biden this time around. But I mean, if that gap closes, half the voters in South Carolina are black, so that matters a lot. But uh, Democrats. Anyway. Yeah. 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 Uh, if Bernie can win South Carolina when he when he lost, just got trounced last time around, then forget it. I do have some sympathy for Joe Biden was on Face the Nation, I think, and she kept asking about polls show you're in this place. What, what are you going to do? This is this your what place do you have to finish before you? He said, I don't talk about this stuff. You guys talk about this stuff. Can we talk about policy? Right. How about all you interviewers ask these candidates about their positions or what's wrong with Bernie's position compared to yours? Not you placed here and he placed there. What does that mean? How how should any candidate answer that question? It can't be answered. And it's ridiculous. You're asking the, the last person in the world to answer that question in any reasonable way. Amy Klobuchar was on CNN the other day and said precisely the same thing. She said every single one of your questions has been horse race questions. Why don't we talk about policies and my goals as president, and maybe that would affect the polls instead of just talking about the polls? It's lazy, stupid journalism. It really is. It's, it's. I don't know. Democracy is so difficult to get right, and we don't generally. And it's frustrating to watch. Well, and, and somebody decided, I don't know, Satan, God to punish us, that our election cycles should be never-ending now. And so we're constantly battered with this stuff. I don't, you know, I'm, I tell you what, somebody write this down. I mean, write, like scratch it into your arm. If by the grace of all that is profit driven, we're still employed during the next presidential election cycle. 2024. I will not talk about it until January of that election year. Not even a syllable. Well, it will start in 2022. Oh, it'll start on inauguration day. <laughs> But it'll, people will announce in 2022. Yes. If, if it holds true to form. They should go ahead. They have my blessing. <laughs> because Kamala, she announced, I think, January of last year. Well, I'm going to start practicing my new vow now. Well, I don't care. <laughs> Let her. Got nothing to do with me. <laughs> uh, and finally this, Nerf for summer is bringing back the original Super Soaker. Oh, yeah. Yes, it came out in 1982. And uh, the Super Soakers are back, and my kids are absolutely going to love this. 
have a little higher price than they did back when I was a kid. But $18 for the Super, so- Super Soaker XP100. I don't know what that means. Does it shoot 100 feet or 100 gallons of water or whatever it is? But it shoots the farthest. 100 gallons of water? You can drown an elephant. Um, this reviewer says, The original wound up pinching my pinky quite a few times while I held it... <laughs> Well, I tried to shoot my brother, but maybe they've improved on that. Oh, absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah, the oh, best yeah. my Chinese kid, my manufacturing kids, money can buy, I'm sure. My kids love this. i got to get that for... Uh, Boy, we had some epic, epic water fights yeah. uh, back in the day when my kids were kind of medium, medium-sized. Am I allowed to do that where I live? Uh, or do the water police come give you a ticket? <laughs> I, I don't you know. drought season. I do <laughs> not know. <laughs> Lock your gate. We heard some people are having fun over here. Won't allow that. I almost made a really, really dark joke. It's probably good I didn't. Wow. How dark uh, was it? There's irreverent, then there's uh, out of of place, uh, indefensible. So we do need to get into... I'd like to uh, apologize for what I thought. The thought police, come and take me away. We do need to get into it. Bernie's thought police. Bernie's thoughts on uh, Fidel Castro, because that's resonating with the right, and again with the left. As I saw people getting pretty uh, concerned on MSNBC yesterday about that particular d- 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 line of uh, commentary. Well, if you're not concerned, or if you're not sure why you should be concerned, we received an absolutely fantastic note from some folks who emigrated from France. Awesome. Who want to tell you how it actually works, democratic socialism. Not the Bernie spin, uh, you know... Uh, the marketing of it, but the reality of it. When do we get to hear that? Uh, how about next hour? Oh, the, the next hour. If you don't get that uh, hour, you got to go to work or something, grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com uh, later on today or tomorrow. I was planning on hitting the drive-thru and putting in a CD, but I guess... No, I would not do that. That'd I'll be a mistake. Go ahead and listen next hour. Armstrong and Getty. talk about the homeless situation a lot it's uh huge on the west coast it's you know it's a problem practically any city in america but uh, half the homeless people in america live in california so it gets the attention of people in california like dr drew pinsky maybe you know him from a variety of uh, tv shows and radio shows over the years he's been working in the field of addiction mental illness for a very long time and i will just tell you this very briefly we're already getting reaction to our extra large podcast with drew because it was brilliant um and there and people in the field of mental health and people who deal with the homeless every day and the rest of it and are saying absolutely nailed it well no they're just saying it's right it's true it's finally somebody's telling the truth and and not repeating the lie that it's a uh, housing cost crisis because it's not <sighs> Boy, that just seems so obvious. I feel like pointing that out is, I don't know, condescending to people. The the mayor of L.A. didn't even list addiction in his website list of what causes homelessness. Didn't even mention it. The New York Times always makes it a housing situation. Right. All right, let's play uh, some of the highlights from the podcast. This is uh, clip number 26 with Dr. Drew. Would you agree that it's useless to discuss homelessness unless we start breaking down percentages of the drug addicted, the mentally ill, the mentally ill and drug drug addicted guys who are just bums? They're just dropouts. They'd rather not work, et cetera. 
there, there are a, probably that latter category is about 10%. Uh, and even those, a majority are probably taking meth. So it is, it, you know, look, I was up in Sacramento about a month ago. I went on the streets. I went around with the cops. I talked to all the homeless. And they all told me the exact same thing. The cops and the homeless, 90% are using meth on a regular basis. So we have a 90%. 90%. And these were unprompted, ad hoc interviews with homeless and cops. And they on the streets of Sacramento, they all said the same thing. When I go out to Los Angeles, I ask what percentage are doing drugs. They'll say somewhere between 60 and 80%. You go downtown in downtown on Skid Row and it's higher, and the mental health issues are much more acute. This is unconscionable. No other country on earth doesn't take care of people with brain diseases. It's too much. It's too much. I, I can't even believe what I'm seeing. This is a population I served for 30 years. I know exactly what's going on. I know exactly what can be done for them, and I know exactly how well they can do. And I know those that need chronic custodial care. We have to get realistic about this. We talked a little bit about how we arrived, we, the people of the United States, at this point where our mental health care systems are so terrible. They're so inadequate. I became aware of this for the first time just a couple of months ago. The the trends, the, the almost crazes in mental health care that happened during the 20th century, including, as I recall, late 50s, early 60s, that there was this, this craze that... The community mental health centers could take yes, care sir. of the mentally yes, ill. Sir. If you want to read it, that's exactly where we went off the rail. It was in it was a guy named Robert Felix, an unelected official who got the ear of President Kennedy and got him to sign the Community Mental Health Act, which was designed to eliminate institutions for the care of the mentally ill, because in the mind of these social engineer whack jobs, there were three psychiatrists that ran the National Institute of Mental Health for 40 years, not elected officials. None of them had ever been in. One of them only had been in a state mental hospital. None of them had ever been in it. The rest of them watched one flew over the cuckoo's nest and thought they were watching a freaking documentary. They were not. And they decided to dismantle the system and that their goal was to create these community mental health centers who were going to, quote, prevent mental illness so no provisions for what to do with those pouring out of the state hospital some ill-conceived plan which we still don't know how to do to this day prevent mental illness they were going to be social engineers the excesses of psychiatry in the 50s and 60s on that side and what they did to the patients that were in institutions unconscionable so laws were put in place in the 60s and 70s that were a backlash to that those laws are approaching 100 years of age. They are at least 60 or 70 years old. They are anachronistic, and they are the barrier to the ability to treat the patients today. It was a reaction. I get it. I'm not apologizing or excusing the excesses, but those laws are the barrier right now, and they're, they're, they're approaching a century old. We've learned a little bit about how brains work and how to treat them in that 60, 70 years. It's time we change the laws. I wish we had time for one more clip because he goes on to make an absolutely brilliant point about some of the laws and and ethics that affect medicine. If somebody has severe dementia, for instance, they can't say, nah, I'm I'm fine. Uh, You have to intercede and the state can help them and there are all sorts of things that can be done for them. Um, Even though you can't turn dementia around, all you can do is, you know, help a little bit. But with severely mentally ill people, if they say, no, I think I'm all right. 
There's nothing you can do. So you have to let them starve, freeze, and die on the streets uh, for junkiedom. Because one of the aspects of, of uh, psychosis, uh, schizophrenia, is that you don't know you're sick. And anybody who's dealt with a mentally ill family member knows this. That's one of the hardest things about it. And so we have these bizarre laws that came about in the early 60s that say you can't force people to get help. So where do you find our podcast? Armstrongandgetty.com if you want to hear the whole thing, and we'll play more of that later. Um, And Dr. Drew has some pretty specific policy prescriptions uh, for Corruptifornia in particular. Um, But, you know, the principles are applicable anywhere. It's amazing, man, reading the history of psychiatry, how these crazes come and go, and they sweep across the nation. And if you want to be the hip, popular academic getting the grants and all, you go along with it. And then it turns out, you know, 5, 10, 20 years later, there was no data. It was just some guy's whim, but it swept across the nation. Yeah, well, there's a lot of horrors back in the day, these places, so you swing pretty far away from that, like when we were euthanizing people because we thought, ah, they shouldn't have kids. Right, right. Yeah, some of the horrors of the first part of the 20th century resulted in the, uh, you know, the complete lack of realism in the middle part of the century that gave us some of the laws we have now. We are we are about to have a national debate, I think, maybe stretching from here to November, about whether or not we want n- n- uh, democratic socialism in this country, whatever that is defined by. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to talk about that coming up. And to my delight, to our delight, we're starting to receive emails in particular from folks who've lived under democratic socialist systems. And they're telling us, guys, it's not what the PR campaign tells you it is. Here's how it actually works. We have a great example of one of those coming up next hour. 